So, so what's your favorite part about this church as a whole? Favorite part about this church is home away from home. Um, I have an extended family here. I have brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, and what I love about it is that I don't have to carry my burdens alone. Um, we do it together in unity. And um, I love that about this church. This church to me is the epitome of who God is. They love the people. They have a heart for the people. They don't make people feel unwanted. They don't recognize faults and flaws. They see people as God sees them. And that's because they are godly people who have spent time in the Word of God and know what God's Word says. And they actually trust and believe God at His Word. One thing I'm going to point out that really I enjoy is the Connect group. And where that is kind of odd for me is I've always in my in my last church we had a similar group it was called connect it was this home groups same premise um, the one I attended was uh, it was me and my ex-wife we went together and they had couples and families and that was great but I feel much more involved I can be freer and be honest, more honest in the, the group that I'm in now. It's a men's group and I, I, I just really enjoy the group of men that I, that I get together with and we, we talk and we, we go over the word. And it, just, it just seems really, I, I make a big connection. I mean, that's a, a use of the word, but uh, I do make a, a great connection in that, in that connect group. So that's just one of the many things. All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and how you doing? Thanks for joining us live. Uh, it's so good to just connect with you guys. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Pastor Jose. I'm the lead pastor here at Church at the Bridge. And it is a true pleasure to be with you this morning. Uh, some unique circumstances. Uh, we have a snowstorm, some icing out there. So I hope you got your cup of coffee. I hope you're in your PJs. I hope you're uh, in the comfort of your home and just uh, snuggling close with your family as we gather for the Word of God. It's so good to have you join us. And so today, uh, we're bringing Church at the Bridge to you because we believe in what the Word of God says. The Word of God says how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And believe it or not, there are some people that are crazy enough to be out here this morning. So give it up for them. They are nuts. Um, it's just a true blessing. But look, today we're going to start off uh, where we've been in the last couple of weeks. We've been on a series entitled The Next Chapter. And what we've been discussing and learning from God's Word is that we all have a next chapter, that you're not done yet, that each and every one of us have, has a purpose, has a destiny. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tells us that God is the author and the finisher of our faith, and so we should look to Him. And the only reason why uh, we, we have to consider that Scripture really is because only God can reveal your next chapter. Only God can reveal my next chapter. Only God can show us our next steps. And another scripture that we've looked at is Isaiah 43, verses 16 through 19. And basically what it says is this. It says, this is what the Lord says. 
He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. This is God reminding his people, I'm the one who made a way and parted the sea where there was no way. I'm the one who delivered you from your enemies. And so watch what he says because of that. He says, in light of that, forget the former things. He says, don't look back. Don't dwell on the past. And then he says this, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now it springs up. Can't you see it? Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and in the streams in the wasteland. And so see, God wants you and I to step into our next chapter, not to live in the past one. But I got to tell you something. I want you to think about this. We're all on a journey called life, and we all need fuel for the journey. You ever been in one of those situations where you were driving your car, and it was on E, and you were convinced, I got this. I'm good. I got enough gas to get there. And then you find yourself breaking down. And calling somebody, calling your friend, calling your husband, calling your parents, calling someone, calling AAA, calling Geico and saying, I broke down. And they're saying, what's wrong with your car? And you're embarrassed and you go, I ran out of gas. Look, the truth is this, that in that moment where we're low on gas, but we still believe we can make it, how many of us know that doesn't work? It doesn't work. And in the same way that your car needs gas, it needs fuel for the journey, every one of us needs fuel for the journey, especially if we're to reach our next chapter. And so look, for some of us, here's what that is. That's family. It's friends, right? It's, it's our social uh, uh, gatherings that we get around. It's that book that you, that you read. It's the people you keep around you. It's the places you go. But how many of us know this? That that doesn't last. Whatever friends give you, somebody wave at me, let me know on online, on Facebook, wave at us. How many of us can identify with this? That the friendships that we have, the things that we rely on to fuel us for life are never enough. They're never enough. It doesn't work. And so you see, God has a foolproof plan for fuel for your journey. And you know what it is? It's the church body. It's the body of Christ. Let me show you that from Scripture. I want to talk to you about fuel that lasts today. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And watch what it starts off by saying in verse 16. It says, from him, the whole body is joined and it's held together by every supporting ligament. It grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Here's a question to consider. Am I playing my part? Am I truly connecting to the body of Christ? Am I growing in relationship with the people of God? Am I surrounding myself with this strength, these ligaments that add something to me, that support me, that cause me to grow, that build me up in God's love? And so watch what he goes on to say in verse 17. He says, so I tell you this and I insist on it in the Lord. See, there's an emphasis on this. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Here's what he's talking about. He's talking about people that live apart from God. 
And these people that live apart from God believe this. I'm good on my own. I'm doing my own thing. I don't need God, and I certainly don't need God's people. But you see, that's like living life on empty. Eventually, it's going to lead you to nothing. It's going to leave you empty. And so verse 18 tells us this. It says that they are darkened in their understanding and are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Let me tell you something. There's a strength unlike anything that you and I have ever experienced when we go beyond church attendance and we grow in community with each other in the body of Christ. It's a sustaining power that helps us to make it and it anchors us for life in a way that only can happen through the body of Christ, the church. Now, let's turn in our Bibles real quick to Acts chapter 4. Uh, 4 verses 32 through 33 and I want to make this point to you as we read this that we are held together by our connection to each other we are held together by our connection to each other let me just point something out to you while you're there at Acts chapter 4 um, Acts chapter uh, 4 uh, I want to point something out to you about Ephesians 4 that it says that the whole body is joined and it is held together you ever been in a situation where you need somebody to just hold you down? To like really be there for you. To really give you some support, some strength. Well, listen, people come and go. Things come and go. But guess what never leaves? The power at work in the body of Christ. You husband, you wife, you mother, you father, you businessman, you believer, don't you know that there is something that you add to the body and there's something that the body adds to you? We hold each other together by our connection to one another. And so in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33, it says this, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Get this. It's talking about the early church. And watch how they related to one another. These were people who believed, but they were of one heart and one mind. They thought the same, they believed the same, and they held one another down. And it says, and no one said that any of them, uh, any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. Listen, they shared life in every regard. They shared of their finances. They shared of their time. They shared of this, their experiences in their marriages. They shared what was going on in their homes. And believe it or not, here's the thing. Let's not get it twisted. It was not just the good times. It was also the bad times. It was the in-between times. See, we're supposed to share life together. We're supposed to hold one another together by our connection to each other. And so it goes on to say in verse 33 of Acts chapter 4 that with great power the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And watch this. And great grace was upon them all. Listen, when we work together, when we grow together in relationship, when you're looking towards that next chapter in your life where you're growing, you can't do it without the body, but understand this, that that's where God's grace is graded, most greatly manifested. That's where God's blessing is most released in your life. And so we got to understand this, that we grow most by our connection to each other. 
Have you thought about that? That your growth is not just dependent upon God, but it's dependent upon God working through people. And so we need the body. And so while God is the one who grows us, he does it through his church. Now, I know you're sitting next to your family members online, you know, at home. For some of you, you're sitting right next to each other. But I want you to start thinking about this, that you need the person next to you. You need the body of Christ, just as the body of Christ needs you in order to grow. We can't do this alone. We just can't do it alone. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another. Encourage one another. And build one another up just as you are doing. Listen, Paul here is writing to a people in a place called Thessalonica. And these were people that were familiar with persecution. They were going through tough times. It was no small thing to be a Christian in those days. It took guts. It took risking your life. You were persecuted. You were chased down for some people were actually martyred. People lost their lives and, and, all, and everything around them for the sake of following Christ. And Paul says to these people, encourage one another and build one another up. But watch what was happening in the midst of their persecution. Just as you are doing. Listen. They weren't just doing this in the good times. They were doing it in the most difficult times. They were growing in the times that threatened what caused them to believe that they couldn't go any further. There are times when you and I, when we believe, I can't make it. I can't take another step. I can't go on any further. Well, guess what? Here's what the scripture says, that when you're amongst the body, when you're connected to the body, this is what happens you're encouraging one another. You're building one another. There's something to draw from the body. So I want to encourage you this morning. Don't pull away. Don't back up. Don't let up. Don't give up. Stay connected to the body because our growth, we grow most by our connection to each other. Amen? And so listen, we build each other up with God's love by our connection to each other. We build one another up with God's love by our connection to each other. I know that for some of us, here's what we believe. That a connection to God means, and, and, and understanding God's love, it's all about our emotions, all about what we feel. Do you know that you can't experience the love of God to its fullest potential without the body of Christ? Let me show you that from Scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on, Toward love and good deeds. Love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Watch what the scripture is revealing here. That if we are to grow, that word spur means to compel, to push forward, to cause, to rise up. If we are to truly grow in the love of God and we are to do all the good that God has destined us for, watch what's supposed to happen. Watch how it happens. Not giving up meeting together. Not giving up our relationship to one another. And so you see... This relationship, this connection to the body of Christ is life-giving. It's a source 
not just of encouragement, not just of support, but it is, a, it is a source for the love of God in your life. You think you know what love is? I guarantee you this. The love you've experienced with people outside of the body of Christ has failed you. And even within the body, we'll fail each other. But here's the difference with the love of God that's at work amongst the body. It's faithful. It continues forward. It does not let up. You know, I'm reminded of, um, there's a lot happening in this new year. I mean, I don't know about you, but are you having a good new year so far? It, 2019, is amazing. It's a great thing. But check this out. One of the guys here at the church, his name is Henry, and he, he uh, took a big leap of faith. This guy worked in the city uh, for over 20-something, 30 years as a barber. Um, steady clientele. I mean, he made really good income cutting hair. And then he also does some things with kids and after-school programs and all, and he teaches them how to cut hair. So basically, he's living up here. He comes to church up here. His church family's up here. His friendships are up here. But he commutes every single day to the city. And I remember uh, later on in 2018, he began to share with us about his desire to transition up here. He says, look, my family's up here. My church is up here. Uh, The community that I want to begin to impact and touch and reach out to is up here. He says, I need to transition. And so he'd been praying for a while, and he finally felt the release from the Lord to take a step and do something up here. Here's what that means. Leaving all his clientele, right, and starting brand new. So, and in the midst of this, his wife is in the midst of her retirement at the end of this month. And so this is a big faith move. Start a new barbershop. It's not the most convenient time. Don't have clientele up here. Know a few people, but I'm going to take this step. You know what blessed me about this? That he took this leap of faith, sensing that God is calling him to a next chapter to something new. And the very first day that he starts, I decided, you know what? I mean, as you can tell, I really can't use a barbershop that much. I don't have the the hair for a barbershop. But I said, you know what? I want to just go and encourage him. I just want to be there and, you know, just kind of get a shape up on my beard and just, you know, spend some time there, just pray with him and bless him and all that. And so I went, and then I left. But you know what I started seeing throughout the day? that other people from the church went. They started getting haircuts. And now here's, here's where he's at. Mind you, he's just started just like two, three weeks ago. He's averaging between eight and ten clients a day, right, for somebody who's just doing it on their own. Not a bad start. But here's what's happening. The body of Christ is there not just getting haircuts, not just getting shape-ups, not just getting groomed, but now his clients from the city are traveling 60, 65 miles up to get their haircuts because they're just committed and they say, man, I need a haircut. And so listen, the thing about it is this, that the strength that you need is found amongst his people. The strength that you need is found amongst God's people. But watch this, the strength that we need as his people is found in you. I don't know if you ever saw your life that way. Have you ever thought about this, that you in and of yourself as a child of God are a source of power to someone else? Have you ever thought about this when you go to school and everybody else around you is acting crazy and having a bad day, that you 
are the power source that God has placed there to energize and change the environment? Have you ever thought about the fact that the things that are going on in your home, maybe you have an unbelieving husband, maybe you have a wacky family. Hey, we all have them, by the way, right? We all have them. Nobody's above that, right? We all have them. But listen, have you ever thought about when things are going nutty all around you that you are the power source that God has placed there to be the change agent, to turn those circumstances around? See, the strength that other people need is in you. And so we need the body amongst us for strength. But the strength that the body needs and that people need is found in you. God's working through you. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22 says. It says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Watch this. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So here's what the scripture is saying. You are not alone. You are not powerless. You belong to the household of God. You're part of his family. You're part of this body. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And it says that our lives are built on the foundation of the apostles, which is Christ Jesus himself. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. Watch this in verse 21. In him, the whole building is joined together. Go ahead and tell somebody right there sitting next to you at home or right around here while you're here, I need you. Tell somebody else, I need you. Listen, the whole building is joined together and rises. It rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, watch this, you too are being built together. Together. To become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You want to see God at work in your life? Get plugged in. Get connected. Grow in relationship with the body of Christ. Listen, your next chapter starts with Jesus at the foundation. But it continues with those he placed in the church with you. With you. And so, as we're wrapping up here today for the next couple of minutes that I have here, I want to just point your attention to some lessons from the life of a man named Samson. This guy Samson was a great man of God. Let me tell you why he was a great man of God. Because he was called by God. What does that mean? He was chosen by God. He was selected by God. And he was selected by God to serve a great purpose. Hey, by the way, that's not just Samson's story. That's your story. That's my story. If maybe you don't know Christ. That's your story too. God has destined you for greatness. There's something special. There's something meaningful. There's something unique about your life. Something that God specifically created you for. And I can't tell you what that is, but I can tell you this. You can't do it without God, and you certainly can't do it without connecting to his people. Now, here's the thing about this guy, Samson. Samson was unique and special in his own way. See, Samson was chosen to become what would be a judge over the people of Israel. A judge was simply someone who mediated between right and wrong, someone who defended, someone who protected, someone who enforced, someone who pointed the people back to the ways of God. But the thing about it is this, aside from that, 
Samson, from birth, was destined to be an extremely strong man. I mean, like, extremely strong. He had supernatural strength. And there were some things that God had put in place in his life. And a couple of those things were that he wasn't supposed to ever drink any wine. He was never to cut his hair. But the source of his strength was not his hair. The source of his strength was more than that. It was his, his connection to God. It was his dependence upon God. And what we find if you study the life of Samson is that Samson made many mistakes along the way. See, while he was uncharacteristically strong all by himself, his life was one that was riddled with weakness, with weaknesses which eventually resulted in his own destruction. See, his adversaries were the adversaries of the people of Israel. They were these people that were called the Philistines. And these people oppressed the people of Israel. These people hated the people of Israel, so they subjected them. They took their crops. They took their livestock. As a matter of fact, there's other portions of Scripture where it says that the people of Israel, at, at one point, they were so uh, oppressed by their enemies, including the Philistines, that they were living in caves. And so these people were evil people. And you would think, knowing that, that those were not the type of people that Samson would keep around him. But if you study his life, what you'll find is this, that Samson was routinely around them. And sometimes it was to fight them. But if you look at his life, what you'll find is that Samson married their women. Samson broke bread with them. And even on the, one of the most important days of his life, you would think that Samson would surround himself with the people of Israel. No, instead, the people that were there were the Philistines. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. The Bible records in Judges 14 that there comes a day where Samson is getting married. Now, he's already started wrong off the back because he's marrying a Philistine woman. He's already starting off wrong. He's already developing wrong relationships there. But on your wedding day, who do you want there? You want your friends. You want your family. You want your loved ones. You want people that are going to party with you. You want people that are going to throw up their hands with you. You want people that are going to clap for you, and they're going to be happy, and they're going to bless you, and they're going to enjoy this special day. They're going to be a part of the memories that are happening happening at that moment. Those are the people that you want there. Watch what Judges 14, 11 says. And when the people saw him, they chose 30 men to be his companions. Now that might not mean much to you at surface level, but here's actually what this verse is recounting. It's recounting that Samson is at his wedding day and everybody sees Samson the right. He's waiting at the altar and you know what that word companions means there? It's speaking of groomsmen. It's talking of his wedding party. And so Samson shows up alone. He's not with the people of God. He's not surrounded by anybody who's godly or believes in what God has called him to. He's amongst his enemies. And when he shows up there, guess who are the people that say, I'll cheer you on. I'll be there for you. It wasn't the people of God. You know who it was? It was his enemies. It was his enemies. And so though there were many people present on his wedding day, here's the truth. Samson was alone. He was alone at the altar. He was alone in what was supposed to be one of his greatest days. 
Let me tell you something. If you don't choose the right people, if you don't choose the people of God to surround you, you know what you're going to find? You'll find that the wrong people will choose you and surround you. You'll invite the wrong people into your life. And the thing about it is this. You won't even realize what you're doing. And so these companions, like I said, were literally serving as groomsmen. And though Samson hated them, he found himself knee-deep with them because he did not keep God's people in his midst. If we could just take a moment to be real with ourselves. I know I've been there where I really haven't wanted to be around church people. I remember a time when I would come and go from the church body. I would go for a service. Hey, I might even raise my hands with some people. I might even sing a song. I might even sit in a Bible study group. I might even get to know somebody on a very superficial level. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, how you doing? God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. You know, that's fake, right? It's great that we do that, but we, we do it with no intention of building a relationship. That's not worth anything. That doesn't, that doesn't benefit us. And so Samson is in the situation where he's kind of pushing away from the people of God. He's saying, I got this. I'm strong all in of myself. And here's what begins to happen when we do that. Like in my own life, in those moments when I've pushed away from the body, I find myself with the wrong companionship. I find myself with the wrong counsel. I find myself with the wrong support system. And then I remember finding myself in this place too. Why is everything going wrong? Let me tell you why it's going wrong. You've cut yourself off, just like I did, from the very source of power that God has brought amongst you. It's the body of Christ. See, we really need each other that much. See, the ones that God wants you to have with you on your most important occasions and on every day are found in the church. In the church. Let me encourage you this way. Get the right groomsmen. Ladies, get the right bridesmaids, so to speak. See, the church is a lot like groomsmen in a wedding. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. In the church, here's what we do. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. I remember on my wedding day, I had a small wedding party. But this guy that was my, my, my best man, this guy named Daniel, you know, he really took care of everything. He says, bro, don't worry about that. I got that. And he was the one standing by me as I'm watching my wife and tears are starting to come down my eye. He's the one going, man up, bro. Stop crying. Nah, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He's the one saying, man, she looks beautiful, man. Man, I'm so happy for you, man. Can you believe you made it? Here's where you are. He was encouraging me the whole way. He was celebrating me. Instead of wanting me to celebrate him, instead of trying to get something from him, you know what he was doing all throughout the day? He was giving. He was pointing. He was reflecting upon me, upon what God was doing. And so we as the body, we celebrate you. Romans 12.10 says this, be devoted to one another in love. So that's the first part. That's the first part. That's what we should do as believers. Love one another. But watch the second part. Honor one another above yourselves. Hey, you know what it's talking about there? Man, I'm celebrating you. I prefer you. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about you. It's about what God is doing in your life. In the church, it's not about what we get from you. Now, I know that for some of us, that's been our experience when it comes to church. I get it. 
I get it. Listen, there's no such thing as a perfect church, neither are we, but I will tell you this. If you just stick to the word and you put yourself and you place yourself in the company of a body of Christ that just follows the word of God and truly loves God and loves one another, here's what you'll find. That instead of uh, focusing on what we get from you, it becomes about what we give to you. It's about preferring you and what God is doing in you. Listen, I don't have to know your story to celebrate the God in your life. You don't have to know someone's past to celebrate their present and the next chapter that God is leading them to. I'm telling you that in the body of Christ, we celebrate you. We're looking ahead to what God promises for you, not focusing on what's behind you. If you ever find yourself amongst people who claim to be believers, but all they do is point to your past, point to your mistakes, or point backwards, run. That's not groomsmen. That's not the right type of people you want. Listen, just because somebody says, I believe in Jesus, doesn't mean that they believe in the promises of God in your life. It doesn't mean that they're looking ahead. They might be pointing backwards. Now, they're still part of the body, but they're just not seeing some things clearly. Let me tell you how else the church is like, like, a lot like groomsmen in a wedding. We make the load lighter along the way. Yeah. See, groomsmen, they pay attention to everything else, so you don't have to focus on it. So that you can stay focused on your bride and your day and what God is doing. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, transitional facility that we here at the church um, work with uh, in the city of Newburgh. It's, it's a facility that houses about 30 men. Um, and these are people that come from different experiences and they've undergone some challenges and they're in various modes of transition. And so life isn't necessarily easy there. Well, we started since uh, last October. We, we, we restarted this program. Uh, it's called We Care. And what we do is under this program, we, we go into facilities like this and we do things in the community where we really just focus on caring for the needs of people. And not just physical needs, but also emotional needs, but also spiritual needs. Truth. Really, what God is doing in your life and mine. What God wants to do. It's sharing truth. And so there's a, there's a, a group of men that kind of get together, and they just rally around these guys. Listen, they feed them. They, they, they take time to just listen to their stories. They take time to point them back to the truth of this gospel, what Jesus is doing in their lives and what God is calling them to. They're bringing hope to a hopeless situation. And here's what's happening, that a lot of these guys are beginning to rise up. Where once they were regressing, where once they believed, man, I have no chance. Where once they thought, I'm at the last stop. You know that some people think about this city that way, the city of Newburgh. They think this is the last stop. They think that this is the pits. Well, let me tell you that we still serve a God who turns desert places, dry places, into a place where there are streams of living water, where there's life. And so these guys are there encouraging these guys. And in the midst of this What's happening is this, they're making the load lighter along the way. Where life once seemed impossible, now it's possible. Where once it was impossible, you know what these guys are now believing? I'm just going to do a play on words. I'm possible. My future is possible. What God's promises declare is possible. I can make it. I'm going to make it. I'll be reunited with my children. I can get a job. I can find my own place. I can succeed. I can believe in something more than what I currently see. See, you can't get that 
when you're not surrounded with the body of Christ. You might get glimpses of it, but it won't last. And then here's the last thing that we see about the church being a lot like groomsmen. We stand by you. We stand by you. I remember when I got married, I was in my early 20s. And I, I tell you honestly, I didn't have it together. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I was madly in love. I knew that God had brought something special into my life. I, I believed what the word said, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Gentlemen, you better believe that. If God has brought a woman into your life, a spouse, she is a good thing. Well, listen, that's all I knew. I didn't know anything of the rest. And so it was tough. But you know that on this journey after we got married, God brought men into my life, men of God, men that were married. There were couples that kind of circled around us and embraced us. And here's what began to happen. I began to grow. And it wasn't just in the good times, but they were there in the bad times. Proverbs 18.24 says this, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But watch this. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Listen, it's easy to find yourself surrounded by lots of people when things are good. But according to scripture, that's a short recipe for ruin. But if you want to succeed and you want to grow and you want to be strengthened, what you want is one that sticks closer than a brother. That's the body of Christ. That's the body of Christ. Listen, as we saw in our opening video, all what what we saw was this. It's just regular people serving an amazing God, coming to a place that simply teaches how to connect with God, how to connect with people on this journey of faith, how to grow in relationship in the body, and how to serve others and give what we're getting along the way. And what we saw in all these lives at the very beginning of this video was this. Man, that they've grown and they're drawing strength and they're better together. See, it's amongst the body. Amongst the body. And so sadly, in Judges chapter 16, it shows us how the next chapter that God had for Samson ended short. See, Samson found himself in a really bad situation. But it was by choice. He put himself in a bad situation. So he's tied to these posts, holding up this structure, and he's at his weakest point. Not just emotionally weak, not just spiritually weak, but physically weak. His eyes have been gouged out. His enemies are gloating over the disease, the the disaster that he finds himself in, the destruction that he's enduring. And while he's there, he prays and he says, God, give me strength one last time to destroy my enemies. The only problem is this, that to destroy his enemies, he had to also give up his own life. Let me tell you something. While he was able to destroy the enemies of Israel, God's plan was never for him to end up that way. See, God's plan isn't for you to destroy your life either. But Samson was alone. He had not pulled uh, in with the people that God has surrounded him. He had kind of forsaken those things. And I want to kind of give you two more points as we're wrapping up here. That you're only as strong as the people of God that you keep around you. 
You're only as strong as the people of God that you keep around you. Now, you know, I wasn't planning on doing this illustration because I didn't think that there were people crazy enough to come here today in the middle of this ice. Listen, there are people here from Nanuet, from New Windsor, from all from the city, from outside the city, from Plattekill, and I'm just like, okay, well, let's do this. So, you're here, so I need a few volunteers, and here's what I need. I want you to think about something as we're closing up here. If I could just get a few of you, come, come, come here, David, come here, brother. Come, come here, Anthony. Come here, Nat. Uh, come here, Chaz. Come here, Jasmine. I need you real quick. So here's what I want you to do, right? Kind of come around me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this to the side. And I was thinking about this, right? I was thinking about this, how the body of God, the body of Christ works. Here's how the body of Christ works. It's like insulation. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Uh, last year, my wife said to me, Honey, I want the basement to be finished. And I said, oh, I could do it. Well, look, it took me over a year to get it done. I didn't know what I was doing. But one of the things that I figured out along the way was how insulation works, right? Insulation serves two purposes. It keeps the outside elements from coming in, from harming what's inside, right? But it also keeps what's happening on the inside from seeping out, right? Like the warmth, like the air, and so watch this. The body of Christ is a lot like insulation. Here's what begins to happen when you, when you surround yourself with the body of Christ. All of a sudden, you begin to bring somebody and they, 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 they come around you. right? And then all of a sudden, you meet this great sister here and she's encouraging you. And then you meet this guy and you're encouraging him. But as you're encouraging him, guess what he's doing? He's surrounding you as well. And then Chaz comes along and Chaz's like, man, what's up, brother? God bless you, man. And all of a sudden, Chaz is experiencing change. And then Jasmine comes into the picture. She goes, man, I want some of this. And so she jumps in now. And now all of a sudden, you're surrounded by all these people. And guess what they're doing? They're protecting you from all those things that seek to destroy your life. But on the same token, other people begin to come around and now they're surrounded. And we begin to insulate each other and encourage each other and build one another. Thank you guys. You can have a seat. Listen, that's how the body of Christ works. We insulate one another. We protect one another. We encourage one another. We help one another. See, they're a part of your story just as much as you're a part of theirs. And as we come together, we tell an even greater story. As I wrap up here today, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21 says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Watch what it says. It says, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory, watch this, in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And let me tell you why I point that out. Let me tell you why I point that out. Because everybody gets excited about verse 20. Everybody gets excited about verse 20. God does exceedingly abundantly above beyond what I could ask or imagine. Man, yes, I believe that there's a work in me. But watch this. Verse 21 tells us something about how God does that. Verse 21 tells us about how God is glorified. You know what that word glory simply means? It means God is shown at his very best. And you know how God is shown at his very best? In the church. You know what that's talking about? When we're united. 
when we're together. You want to see your life go to a whole nother level? You want to you experience a next chapter with God? You want to see greater than you've ever seen? You want to go beyond your wildest dreams? You know what the scripture says? It happens as we become one as the church. We need one another. There's strength for the journey. Listen, it's fuel for life. It's fuel for your faith. It's fuel to get you to the next chapter. Father, today we come in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. For those of you that are here with us, you can just stand. We're just going to close out. Just look into the Lord. Father, we come to you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for the good work that you have begun in our lives, Lord. Father, I thank you that today, Lord, lives are transformed, that we are built up, that we are, that we are encouraged, Lord, that we're looking to greater things. But Lord, today we acknowledge that that all happens as we draw fuel from one another, as we, as the body, strengthen each other, as we, as the body, encourage the love of God and build that into one another. Lord, as we continue to walk on this journey together. Your word says, Lord, that two are better than one and a threefold cord cannot easily be broken. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we as the body of Christ are committed to joining together, but not just with each other, Lord. There's more room for more. So whether you know Jesus or not, I want you to know this, that you belong in the body. I want you to know that God has something great for you, that God is calling you to greater things, that there is a next chapter. And the fuel that you need for the journey is in Christ, and it is in and amongst his people.